What's good, Internet? Welcome to a Waypoint article read. Uh, we do this from time to time, uh, in which one of the, the members here at Waypoint reads an article that they wrote, and then uh, afterwards we, we chat about it, and we, we chat about maybe the game they played or, or whatever. I don't know why I'm beating around the bush, because today we are going to hear Patrick Klepik read his review of Spider-Man, the new PS4 action-adventure open-world uh, game called Spider-Man by Insomniac Games. The name of his review, the title of his review was Spider-Man isn't just good, it's a game about trying to be good. It is truly the be good or be good at it uh, of of video <laughs> games. There's Patrick laughing. Patrick, Patrick, read the, read the review. Patrick, hey Patrick. Okay. Read the review. Got it. We'll be right back after Patrick reads and we'll, we'll talk about the game. If you want to hear my impressions and, and hear us chat about some of, uh, some of the points he makes in the review, stick around after the review to, to hear us do that. Every day is a new shit show. It always feels like the world is on fire with no end in sight. Wait, what happened on Twitter? Hey, did you read that infuriating article in the New York Times? No, 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 not that one. The other one. What did he do today? Who got hurt? Is there anything I can do about it? Where should my time, money, and emotional energy be focused today? It's tiring and can often feel hopeless. What can one person really do? And if we had the power to make a difference, would we even know what to do with it? It's moments like this when we look for symbols and stories for direction, and often escape. This is a big reason Spider-Man, as an icon, has proven so endearing. Peter Parker represents the best possible version of us, an aspirational slice of humanity, someone who, whatever the consequences, does the right thing for the greater good, a middle-class nobody who became superhuman and uses that power to help people. Parker is not perfect, and his desire to see the best in everybody is often his downfall, but he's trying. And because he is overworked, underpaid, and struggling to make sense of his place in a world on fire, too, it's easy to see ourselves in Spider-Man, or at least the version of ourselves we might wish to be. Spider-Man, the latest game from Ratchet & Clank developer Insomniac Games, understands this core tenet of its central character, and it's what makes the game sing. Spider-Man is touching, thrilling, and at times dark, but not grim dark. All the while, it never forgets Spider-Man's humanity, his capacity for empathy, and the stubborn ideological hang-ups constantly undermining his goals. There is a long list of bad superhero games, and fans have come to accept a never-ending pool of mediocrity. It's a way for companies to extract money from fans wondering if maybe, just maybe, this time would be different. Cynicism was well-earned. Often such games were cash grabs, given as much time and effort as a cheap toy on the shelf. It's why the release of Rocksteady's Batman Arkham Asylum was so groundbreaking. Arkham Asylum was a good game and a good Batman simulator. It was an experience that understood what makes Batman Batman. He doesn't exist without the man in the mask, Bruce Wayne. Spider-Man's had better luck with video games than most, with 2004 Spider-Man 2 one of the better attempts, largely due to how much fun it was to swing around. But until now, no one's really grappled with Peter Parker, the character's human grounding. What does it mean to be a nobody with superpowers? How would that change your life? It'd probably screw things up, wouldn't it? Thankfully, Spider-Man manages to tackle those questions in an Arkham-like manner, while still carrying forward the focus on traversal that has made some past Spider-Man games so memorable. In fact, the two things that most carry Spider-Man are joyful swinging and its big heart. The former is, bar none, the most fun I've had exploring a game space since Mirror's Edge. Insomniacs made it very easy to spot swingable points in the environment without overwhelming the screen with big, ugly icons. And as your skills improve, swinging becomes instinctual, and the cues melt away. It's overwhelming at first, but within an hour or so, you'll be soaring from rooftop to rooftop, diving off skyscrapers, running along walls, and squeezing between buildings, cackling the whole way. Spider-Man eventually unlocks fast travel options, but it was only in the final hours when the end was in sight and my writing deadline was nearing that I ever used them. Even 20 hours in, it was more fun to trapeze across the map, snagging collectibles along the way. And there are a lot of collectibles. More on that later. Bearing something lovingly unexpected, I'll never know what it's like to actually be Spider-Man, but this game gets awfully close, and what more can you ask from a superhero game? 
Pro tip, it's possible to simply hold R2, which automatically swings Spider-Man from point to point. But time spent learning the advanced maneuvers is totally worth it, as they provide a deeply satisfying level of specificity to Spider-Man's aerial moves. If this is all Spider-Man accomplished, that'd be fine. Better than expected, even. But what makes Spider-Man whole is how the mechanics go hand-in-hand with the story it's telling. This version of Spider-Man picks up years into the job, and like Marvel's most recent cinematic outing, presumes you know the origin story. So, warning, this contains some minor spoilers about the story sensitive you said about that stuff, so careful, watch out, etc. The game doesn't spend hours setting up Spider-Man. When Uncle Ben died, or why Mary Jane is an important person in Peter's life, this is an experienced superhero who knows how to fight and has seen loss. It has some interesting wrinkles, too. Peter and Mary Jane have broken up. His day job is no longer a photographer of the Daily Bugle. Instead, he's helping out Dr. Otto Octavius, the man who's become Peter's father figure since Ben passed, building some experimental new technology. Of course, me, a smarty pants, figured this meant Dr. Octavius was quickly going to become one of Spider-Man's central foes. Spider-Man, an intellectual, counters with an early scene where it seems like everything's gone wrong and a supervillain will be born, but nothing happens. It's one of many narrative head fakes Spider-Man deploys, moments that work because they betray our low expectations for stories and games, let alone superhero ones. Otto is a real character, not a plot device, and the audience's understanding of Otto's fate shades one of the many close, well-developed relationships in the game. By spending meaningful time with him and the other people in Peter's life, it builds credible relationships and credible stakes. The best superhero stories work because there's an emotional investment in everyone's arc even the villains. See Killmonger in this year's Black Panther, a character who, by the end, not only figured had a point, but might actually have been right. This is true of Otto, Mary Jane, Aunt May, and yes, even Miles Morales, a character who is more than a cameo for hardcore fans of the comics. Peter's supporting cast is given more to do than show up in cutscenes and cheer Spider-Man on, and support important narrative undercurrents. For one, making the world a better place is a communal effort, not a one-spider show. The other people in Peter's life, especially the women, often exist to give Spider-Man someone to save just in the nick of time. Here, though, Aunt May is a chief administrator at a homeless shelter, one trying to better the lives of New York's least seen people. When Spider-Man saves the world, that's great, but stopping the scorpion doesn't exactly fix income inequality. Spider-Man's pursuits get splashed all over the front page of newspapers and TV, but it's not the hard, thankless job of helping someone fill out the right paperwork so they can hopefully get a job. In Spider-Man, Peter spends his free time volunteering at the shelter, chopping vegetables, cleaning clothes, catching up with the regulars. A few have stories that develop over time. Spider-Man doesn't come with policy prescriptions, but in making Peter's home base a shelter rather than a workshop to make gadgets, it reinforces a larger message not often seen in games like this. Real change usually comes from the bottom up, and it's not easy. The game backs up its humanity in smaller ways, too, whether it's cleaning up spills in the shelter for no reward, letting a stranger rest their head on your shoulder while you take the subway, or taking a selfie with someone you've rescued. Spider-Man is a, quote, man or woman of the people sort of character, and the game constantly finds ways to reinforce this virtue. Spider-Man isn't a visual novel with swinging elements, though, and the rest of the game is less successful. Supporting its desire to ring folks off the sidelines of storytelling, for example, some characters are given the occasional interactive sequence. These moments, while well-intentioned, are frustrating, underdeveloped, and almost always stealth-focused. They're also mercifully short. The Arkham-like combat is given new life by Spider-Man's speed and verticality, but quickly becomes clear there's no real reason to engage with some of the higher-level mechanics and gadgets outside of wanting to look cool, which you do. The same goes for the specialized power-ups associated with each suit and the augments you can assign to Spider-Man over time. I found myself playing around with them in the beginning, only to settle on a few useful ones a few hours in and ignoring everything else after that. Outside of some combat-specific side missions, the game never pushed me hard enough or presented enemies that truly required me to rethink my strategy. Combat starts out thrilling, but eventually I was phoning it in. The side missions, though, are mostly a mess from the start. Spider-Man, again, follows the Arkham model of stuffing Spider-Man's encounters with a wider rogue gallery into these optional quests. While it's kind of fun to track down a toy hidden by Black Hat once or twice, or tackle a time-based bomb challenge from Taskmaster a handful of times, it's far less enjoyable the 12th time. 
The main story isn't overly long, 12 hours or so, so the game tries to beef things up by stuffing the world with lots of trinkets and minigames. I'll admit to collecting way more of the 55 hidden backpacks than I figured I would, but that's owed more to being endlessly enchanted with swinging around the world. It's why I did every challenge involving chasing a super-fast pigeon, too. I'm... I'm serious. Every time the game leaned on making me do something interesting or challenging with web-slinging, I was there. Fighting the 20th base with waves of enemies? Nah. The quests themselves aren't bad, really, but there's too many of them, and it becomes a slog to start filling out everything there is to do. I flirted with 100%ing the game, but the objectives I'm left with right now, I avoided on purpose. I'm good, actually. It's frustrating, then, because the game's upgrade trees are gated by participation in these side missions. Want a specific suit based on your favorite version of Spider-Man? You might have to wander around and wait for randomized crimes to populate around New York, and hope you nab one that drops more than a single crime token. There are a lot of different currencies the game doles out, and it would have benefited from streamlining. What at first is one of the game's strengths becomes a sour source of repetition. One positive side note, though. Each suit has a specific power, and it's really cool. The game lets you apply that new power to any other suit, so you can just pick your favorite. The small moments stick with me, though. Mary Jane doesn't put up with Peter's shit, and instead of crawling back because that's what Spider-Man's girlfriend is supposed to do, she does her own thing and succeeds. At one point, Peter outright calls someone a fascist for being, well, <laughs> a fascist. J. Jonah Jameson hosts an Alec Jones-like radio show to spout his conspiracy theories about Spider-Man, and like Jones himself, his fear-mongering is occasionally correct-ish, just often enough for him to be dangerous. It's a character played for laughs, but one with some notably disturbing real-life overtones. It's all refreshingly pointed, especially in a game that, despite being set in New York, seems to avoid any reference to the pseudo-fascist currently in the White House. Don't take the mention of fascism as an indication that Spider-Man is overly political. I mean, Spider-Man, he has an ideology, one that frustratingly presumes over and over that people deserve another chance, that forgiveness and empathy are necessary in every situation. Too often, Peter defers to the institutional powers around him, hoping they'll do the right thing. They usually don't. In the game, people die because of these choices, his presumptions and cowardice. The game doesn't spend much time overly engaging with this notion. In a lot of ways, naivete is foundational to the character. But it's nonetheless striking when Peter ignores the evidence in front of him, to the danger of the city he professes to love and protect. Not everyone is good. It's pragmatic Obama-era gullibility. Always assume the other side is acting in good faith. It'd be refreshing to see whatever story comes next. Take note of this. It's common to finish a game and be excited about the prospects of a sequel. This is true for Spider-Man, too, but for different reasons. Sure, there are the obvious weaknesses to improve upon, but importantly, I want to see what happens next with Peter and the people around him. There are some surprisingly bold storytelling decisions in Spider-Man, especially relative to what happens in this genre, and I'm invested in seeing the inevitable fallout. It helps, obviously, that Spider-Man was tremendously fun to play, too. The future of superhero games, at least in this corner of the universe is not only bright, but interesting. I did not expect to be saying that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back. Uh, so, Patrick, um, you like this game a whole, whole bunch. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, while there are definitely some some small things that, that made you have maybe some second guesses around uh, kind of the the bombardment of collectibles and side quests and activities and, and maybe some of the 
less than stellar combat moments, by and large, you left this feeling super positive. Uh, fair to say? Yeah, I, th- I think there were sort of like two questions in front of a game like this uh, was, you know, how do you handle Peter Parker, especially at a time when in the cinematic universe of Marvel, like they have like a really interesting, uh, relevant, like young take on Peter Parker. And so it was be, I was curious to see where they like riff or don't riff on that. And then uh, sort of like, wh- you know, where they landed with that character, really given the, in the pantheon of comic book games and even in Spider-Man, who's been treated a little more f- fairer in terms of the quality of games over the years. Um, yeah. There's been a whole lot of characterization uh, characterization with Peter Parker and sort of the people around him and the rogue gallery. So I was curious about that. And then yeah, there's like the, a high, you get like the the bullet points of Peter Parker in most of the games, where it's like okay, he cares about power and responsibility. Right. He cares about Aunt May and MJ and Harry. It's like people in his life he cares about. You get and you get he thinks that he has to do good, and that's kind of you it's, don't it's really just a plot get device. what that means. It's just, it's just yeah, like yeah, a, it's just exactly. a setup. It's a premise to go fight a bunch of supervillains and you know. Uh, beat some fools up and have some crummy stealth sections. Um, which, right. Uh, in some ways, <laughs> this Spider-Man keeps the, that tradition <laughs> going forward. There um, are definitely some stealth sections. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and the other part was the swinging. Right. Like this is sort of yeah. when people think about uh, co- like comic book games in general. Like prior to Batman: Arkham Asylum coming on the scene, the sort of like comic book game that people wanted to was like 2004's Spider-Man Two, which was. In another world, another life made by Treyarch, who is now a, a premier Call of Duty developer, but they dipped their toes into all sorts of uh, different games, uh, including licensed stuff, because Activision was producing um, those games uh, back then. Um, right, and, right. Uh, and actually, Activision made one of the other pretty decent ones, Shattered Dimensions, I think that's... Web of one, Sh- Shattered Dimensions is one I think people like. Yeah, I played I that think. one and, and liked it a, a fair bit too, but again, it was like a fairly... Uh, like. It was also, like, a very constrained, like, it wasn't a whole, like, you were swinging in, like, very, like, limited boxes. It was more about, like, swinging around in, like, contained spaces. It wasn't a big open world thing. And the 2004 version had uh, a big, uh, at least big for the time, open world that you were kind of uh, making your way through. And so I think this version, Insomniac's take, uh, sort of nails both of those. I mean, I think I mentioned in the review that it's the most fun I've had in, like, exploring a space since probably Mirror's Edge. Like, the like this, the, right. the, the sheer feeling. The moving through it and finding yeah, your route. Like, and, like... Which is, like, sort of different than, like, the, like the game feel thing we talk about where, like, like let's, like, take Dead Cells, right? Like, I think there are, like, it'd be hard-pressed to find a game that I, like, is more, like, just feels fucking good to just, like, move a character from, like, mm-hmm. across the screen. Like, it's very precise. And, and Spider-Man's, you know, aiming for something different, at least in the swinging, because it's it's a lot looser. It's a lot... It's uh, fluid. Uh, it's, fluid there's and a, momentum. Yeah. Um, it, actually, and it, it feels so much like swimming to me. Uh, swimming yeah, the ocean, specifically. Comparison. Where, like, you know, partly it's you, but partly it's the environment, and there's stuff pulling on you and kind of pushing on you based on, like, where your your web has attached. Because, you know, it, it's funny, because I, I realize now that there are listeners... Uh, to the show who maybe did not grow up with those Spider-Man games the way we right. did. Um, but like, you know, there was a big controversy going into Spider-Man 3, the video game that based on the movie that was like, does the web swinging actually connect to anything or does it just look like it's connecting to things? Unlike Spider-Man 2 where it definitely connected to physical objects. So you shot a web up and it was like, yes, I'm connecting to this building to do this swing. Or it fakes it in a way that feels authentic. Right. It, yeah, exactly. It probably doesn't actually, it, there's no physics, it's not physics working that way. Way, but it fakes it in a way that made it feel right. I might be misremembering parts of that, but those were the conversations that we were having at the time. You know, like what was like, and here it feels like it works. It feels like it's actually doing the thing. You know, well, you go um, to a, if you know if you go to you know a park place with right. no big buildings around you, you're not going to. So the, the the main way that you interact with the world when you're swinging is holding R two, um, and and that just like is has. Uh, Spider-Man just like spamming these these like big swings that you're going left to right, um, and you can sort of slowly navigate your way through the world. It's not the most efficient, it's not the fastest, but you could conceivably just hold R2 and not interact with any other mechanics and make your way through. Except when you find yourself in situations like if you go over the water, because uh, there are times mm-hmm. when you're, like you're going to go near a bridge, you're going to have to go uh, near sort of like the the edges of the the space that you're in, and like you're surrounded by water, and you find yourself near water, uh, you're not going to be able to use that mechanic. You're going to have to like rely on one of the other ones where you actually um, end up aiming at a specific uh, sort of space in the world um, that is marked by a small white uh, circle uh, when you choose to engage with that mechanic. But eventually you sort of pick up on where those spots are and you no longer need to rely 
on the UI. And like, that's sort of where like the, once I was like figuring out the, the, those ways of where you're so marking a spot, and, yeah, then you're yeah. like sitting down and you're hitting, you up, there's an upgrade where you hit X at the right time. And then you yes. do like this boost off. I just like, got that in my playthrough. Oh, yeah. It's so I, good. I, like, it's cannot so good. Rec- like once you get that timing down, you just, you, you're then able to string together, uh, not only like, holding you end up not even holding r2 you're just like tapping r2 to like you know give yourself like a spot to like spit like and then you'll start throwing yourself uh you know high into the air doing dives doing 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 tricks do you do tricks a lot i do tricks constantly yes yeah there yeah there's another upgrade you can get that you um get you a small amount of xp but it's mostly meant to just like make you look baller as hell but like you can be doing just like twists and turns and all the acrobatic things that are often uh, relegated to the cutscenes in games where it's like seeing a character, you know, swing around a building and do a somersault. Like, that's just not usually what the game gives you control over. And in this case, you're not like inputting a specific button press to like do a somersault. You're like just holding an analog stick and rolling in different directions. But it's still like, especially in those moments where you're just going from point A to point B and you're not really doing anything along the way the game is constantly Get getting like very packs. playful and like uh, layers of mechanics to interact with yes. that uh make just the sense of going through a place like very pleasurable both on a aesthetic level like it just looks gorgeous to swing your way through this world like it is a very pretty game but on a yeah. mechanical level i found it to be like deeply satisfying to be rotating between just like slowly making my way along or doing like very doing specific fast. setups that yeah. um have me like you know, I'd even be mapping out in my head where it's like, all right, fucking, I'm like putting an expert level course in front of me where it's like, okay, I could like just go around it this way, but like, I'm going to swing through these two buildings, like make right. my way around. Um, and, and as you sort of like gain skills, you you gain the ability to do stuff like that in a way that, you know, over the course of the 20 or so hours that I played, I found to be like, I was still thinking about it. It's still something I found pleasurable and for something that is largely just about moving through the space. Like it is, it is core to the game but at the same time is not core to like the story you know what i mean like most of the stuff yeah, you do like, in the story it like doesn't have to do with swinging around there are moments of it but it's there largely are moments of it but even those chases tend to be have more wiggle room than you'd ever need to be mm-hmm. perfect right mm-hmm. like you know there's definitely like oh i'm chasing this helicopter I mean, this was the e3 demo last year not this year but the year before of right. uh, spider-man chasing this this uh this Mr. helicopter Negative. right exactly sequence um and you end up uh uh you end up kind of getting close enough to then hit a couple button prompts and then you won that thing or, you know, you, you go into a quick time sequence or something like that. But the actual chase is, you know, I know this because I could just hold down R2 and advance to the point, the place at which the chase needed to end versus using all of my tricks and getting as close as I could, but it's still always pulling away, you know? Um, right. That stuff was, that's, I, I kind of wish there had been more open world swingy stuff in the main story. Again, I'm not done. I'm, I'm probably eight hours in, six hours in. I'm, I'm past kind of the, I definitely passed the first act is what I'll say. Um, and, and I guess to kind of speak to the other side of this, we kind of made the comparison to Spider-Man 2 in terms of the importance of it feeling good to move around the world. And I, I don't, I think it's made good advances from the Spider-Man 2 locomotion system, to be clear. Um, it's obviously a completely different game in that respect, but, but it's, it's one that, that feels the way I remember that game feeling in the best possible way of just like, yeah. I feel so free. But I, I will say that the other side of this is I definitely was struck, especially with the opening act how much this felt like a game from another age in its basic structure. Like, it's a video game-ass video game. There's collectibles <laughs> everywhere. There's side quests everywhere. It's a Ubisoft game after Ubisoft ditched yeah. a lot of, like, it's te- like the way it does open worlds. You know, down to uh, there's, you know, a, a gimmicky there's- collectible that you, you – these police – signal yeah. things that you have to hack there are and towers. fix there are in towers. order to uh, mark new things on your map. Um, Even just to and- reveal the map of yeah. those locations, right? I mean, it's... it's. Uh, I don't know that it's frustrating. It was the first time I've ever felt like that era of games was something that, that a studio could think about as being retro or being like a... Like, it, it feels like... To, like this team sat down so we want to make a sequel to spider-man 2 with all of the the like again collectible icons and upgrade trees like it, it feels like such of a time in games uh in a weird way not that there aren't upgrade trees right not that like far cry 5 didn't have 
multiple upgrade paths or whatever because it, it did. But there was just something about the way the combat feels away. I mean, it also feels like an Arkham game, obviously, in terms of its combat style. Maybe a little faster than those games are. Um, but m- most of the stuff that it feels like ingenuity to me is in its um, use of story stuff, uh, is in the way it, it looks uh, and the way the swinging feels, not so much the basic structure. Um, did that hold you back at all? Or does that make you, did that, especially in a year that's like something like God of War, which I feel like a lot of people felt was making some new changes, uh, some, making some new steps in, in terms of just general gameplay design stuff. Did the kind of like oldness of the basic structure here like strike you at all? The formula didn't bother me as much as like the things they filled the formula in mm. with, like the like the so like unlocking the map with uh, these towers. Like it's maybe half an hour of your time. Like if you Total. were just to like yeah. string them all together, so it's not you know we're not talking about a huge time investment. And um, but the, the the my problem uh, largely had to do with the fact that the quests themselves that you're going on, that what you're filling out, the objectives that you suddenly are allowed to do just aren't that satisfying or interesting or meaningful and don't seem to, you know, often what you want from, and it sounds like you wanted some more of this, you know, you're, you know, only eight hours in, but like, this is not going to meaningfully change by, by the end of the, uh, of the game and, and your time with it. Um, is you would hope you, you want some side objectives to like really pull on parts of the mechanics and force you to do things in a manner that yeah, are, I, are interesting or different. I guess or that's weird. what I want. Uh, but, I, I think, you know, but I also I want know. stuff that's like genuinely unique. And I just don't feel yes. like, that stuff's in there either. Like, I don't think it necessarily no, accomplishes the mechanical pull, and I think it also does a poor job. Like, the basic setup for a lot of the side quests, if they aren't sort of uh, a time-based, like, bomb challenge or, or things of, of that nature, um, they do the Arkham thing of, hey, like, Spider-Man has a huge, like, and really interesting rogue gallery in which there right. are all sorts of villains that aren't in the story, but we want to nod at them and, like, do little, like, Easter eggs and things like that. And uh, it just does, like, a bad version of that where it's just like the things you're going on are very rote and boring and it's like the first time you see black cat uh yeah. you even meet black cat you uh you just uh, find like things a where you like bobblehead like a yeah cat these little puzzles where you're just like scanning an area in front of you in first person until the controller vibrates then you zoom in and you take a photo of a bobblehead and it's like cute once but like not cute the 13th time right. and then and then it's a little bit weird when you see like today as the reviews are going up and the game comes out in a couple of days, like there's a trailer for Black Cat. So it's like, yeah. go pay for the DLC and actually go see Black Cat, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, I'm it's sure weird. there are all sorts of like understandable reasons like why production works out that way. And it may be the case that they got like halfway through and we're like, actually, like we'd love to do something with a Black Cat character. And it's not, I'm not, I'm not arguing that they yeah, cut yeah. that from the game and then are charging for it. But I will say the fact that what you actually want is the DLC rather than the side quest of speaks to sort of the rote and sort of boring nature of so much of that stuff. And I think has so much to do with Insomniac's never built a game like this before. Right. So my guess is I interpret sort of like the repetitive and like largely boring nature of the open world is reflective of a team figuring out how to build that. And rather than reinventing the wheel, they went with an established formula that yes, feels like a throwback, but works and like gave a template yeah. to like build on. And it's there one of the things where like I I I think Spider Man like its greatest weaknesses are things that seem easily solvable in, in a future in a game. Sequel. And like uh, I think the so. things that are hardest I think are stuff that they managed to pull off. Right. hundred percent. I think that stuff like making me care about Peter Parker is like is a tough thing to do, and I think that they did that pretty well here. I just, I, I want to be. I played the, I played each of those Arkham games except for Origins, which I, I hear is actually better than it got credit for. Yeah, um, same thing. And and I, you know, grew up playing Spider Man Two and and other superhero games that tried to do that formula. Um, and it, you know, it makes me curious about the structure of open world superhero games because I think this gets something right that I've always been, I've always complained about the Arkham games, right? Which is. Um, I've always been frustrated by the Arkham, not, not by, uh, uh, Arkham Asylum, which was only in Arkham Asylum, but once, once it got out into the world of Gotham, there was always some contrivance for why that space did not have people in it. In Origins, it was that it was snowy, which is maybe the least <laughs> good, uh, excuse. Um, in, uh, Arkham Knight, it was like, you know, there was like, uh, or Arkham City, there was like part of the city had been blocked off and turned into a giant prison complex. And I forget what it was in Arkham Knight, uh, because it was definitely all of Gotham again, but there was just never any 
civilians in it. Uh, it never felt like a city to me. I was never con- convinced why Batman cared about the city. And I think this game does a slightly better job, not only with the fact that, like, you can high-five civilians and, like, do thumbs up at them, which is part of it, and there's cutscenes of people, you know, when you do fast travel, Spider-Man on the subway and people resting their heads on his shoulder and stuff like that. All this stuff helps a lot. But also just narratively, the game is so much about New Yorkers looking out for each other uh, or or people who are part of the city infrastructure or part of services per, like filling in the gaps for city infrastructure. Um, Aunt May and another major character work at a, uh, a, a place called Feast, which is a homeless shelter. Um, and you're constantly just interacting with people who live in the city and who who are, you know, regular civilians, regular folks. I mean, Spider-Man himself, you know, there's, a, there's an entire arc of Spider-Man, of, of Peter Parker not having the money to pay rent. Uh, And I love – there's a mission where because of that, he loses some of his stuff and he has to deal with this one um, sanitation worker who he like keeps calling up to be like, hey, where is – where does this truck that services this block go? You know, I have the number. I checked the dumpster and you need to like run around and try to track down this – the stuff like where his he's looking for like a backpack basically that has like a spider computer in it or whatever. Um, yeah, sure. And like, the, like the actual like specifics are like less interesting. Who cares? Than What's it's, important? It's, like, is it's a pretty basic mission that is given like emotional so thrust because of the character. One because I know what it's like to like be broke and not be sure you're going to make rent, um, which actually changes the feeling of Peter Parker, this person who has lots of physical power, a lot because suddenly he's like. I should go crash on MJ's couch. Oh, fuck, right? Like, we're broken up. This is going to be an awkward conversation. Can I really go to my ex and be like, can I sleep on your couch? That feels weird. She's had a busy day. And, like, all of that stuff made this game feel like... We've talked about the the dad game a lot. This felt like the first big triple A young adult game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and notably, I mean, it's a young adult game primarily focused on like a cis white straight dude in Peter Parker. But it still felt like the sort of like, all right, you don't know where you're, you're not sure where rent's going to come from. You care about all these people. You don't know how to like really manage your, your, you're coming into your own as an adult, but you're not 100% sure if you can trust your gut when it comes to personal relationships sometimes. You don't want to put too much pressure on like your parental figures, but also you're not quite stable by yourself. And I think we're going to see more and more of those games in the future in the same way that we've seen a lot more dad games in the future. Um, and even this game makes some nods, as you note about like you do, there are, there are times at which uh, uh, MJ feels like a character in her own right, separate from Spider-Man. She is not just like a, a damsel to be rescued. She's doing stuff on her own. Um, there, you know, Aunt May in the same way is someone who cares about, about the world and is doing stuff. And that stuff is a huge part of why New York works for me in this game, even though in the open world, it's just kind of filled with random crimes and, and backpacks to collect, you know, like having the sanitation worker who starts by being annoyed by you calling him, then pivots to actually calling you back to make, Oh, Hey kid, I just remembered the sanitation workers you're looking for. The, uh, the, the guys who drive that truck, a pizza they, place, which pizza place? Pizza, yeah. Which pizza place? Then they go it? through like eight different pizza places <laughs> talking about like why they like those different ones along it's the way. Very it's- good. And then, and then there's a capper on that. I don't know if you notice this. There's an in game fake Twitter, which I think it means Spider-Man name searches. It's hard for me to tell. <laughs> um, but, but he, the sanitation worker posts and is like, oh, this must be some smelly kid downtown. Cause he just, someone just called me like four times trying to find a, a dumpster. And that was an extremely funny way to cap that off. Um, their fake Twitter is really good. If you've done, I, for, I forgot that stuff, to keep checking it. I wish the game had somehow surface yeah. that stuff in like the main UI because often I was only going into the options to like mess with my upgrade trees and, and things like that and like quickly check the map and I would just forget to look there at is, the Twitter because there's a lot of really good writing in there. There's a lot of really good writing in it and there's a lot of really good like yeah this is this is Twitter. I know this. I recognize the way that yes. this this phrase like someone who calls themselves human trash you know someone who It's written by people who clearly live on Twitter as yes. opposed to just like I what writing random things and assigning it to a social media server. Like, these people are exactly. aware of some of the tropes and memes and just, like, just like mannerisms, like the like Tumblr-esque like, uh, approach to humor that people have yes. on, on a place like Twitter. There was, um, did you see the, did you see the, and we talk about, about how this game does and doesn't get political, but I shared that one screenshot with you and the rest of the Waypoint crew of um, the 
God, was it the mayor? It was, it was, uh, here it is. I found it. It's from uh, Arthur J says, the charges against my client are lewd, lascivious, sal- uh, salacious, and outrageous. Wilson Fisk is an innocent man. And some Mitchell Stone replies, Fisk employ- <laughs> employees leveled half a city block when the police came to arrest him. Doesn't seem that innocent. And Arthur J responds, no proof, none at all. Nothing connects Wilson Fisk to the men who engage in violence. Fake news. Uh, and there's lots of, there's no Trump um uh analog directly here i wouldn't say uh but there certainly is a, a great deal of the feeling of new york city being beset upon by corrupt politicians and billionaires who uh who want to get their way with the world regardless of whether or not there it's it's the the legal way of of going about it um uh, you kind of touched on this in your review, right? You, you say that, like, hey, Spider-Man doesn't specifically call out Trump necessarily, but there is this notion of what it means to be good and, and what it means to have an infrastructure, you know, what it means to have a city. Yeah, and I think that's, like, part of what makes the Peter Parker character work in this one, especially by grounding him in, uh, like, rather than going back to your apartment and making fancy gadgets, um, right. you know, you're, you're the hub areas, like the plate, the, the touchstone, the place you come back to, you know, a dozen times throughout the game and can optionally go back to on your own. But, um, you know, the place the story is constantly bringing you back to is, is feast, like is this shelter. Right. And like it's, it's such, in such stark contrast to like the splashy stuff that gets, you know, Spider-Man noticed by, you know, this Alex Jonesian, you know, version of uh, J. Jonah <laughs> J. Jameson, which is a really fun, interesting way for that character to kind of like reach a certain logical conclusion for how he's depicted in, in other Spider-Man media. Um, but it's like to, to just show like, you know, oh, like the, the actual hard work of like getting someone a job, you know, filling out the paperwork. Like that's not accomplished by defeating the scorpion. Like it's cool that like the buildings <laughs> cool are fallen, the scorpion, falling falling right. because of that. But like income inequality like isn't fixed. Like the the, the systems uh, not being in place to like help people like pay for food. Like that that doesn't isn't fixed by Spider Man as flashy as he may be. And so having Peter Parker play both those roles or participate in both those roles or recognize like the limitations of the alter ego um, is is fascinating. And I and I was I was happy to see that the game constantly return to that as sort of a core tenant of like who this Peter Parker is like yeah. and and that's where it got me thinking about sort of like the larger like you know as i mentioned like it's not a game that is explicitly you know capital no. P political but like superheroes have like a way of looking at the world like well there's baggage so, so, with lots of superheroes they have an ideology they have a perspective and all of that is political in you know it's not go to congress politics but it, it is political in how we like view the world like how spider-man exercises his power um and so i found the game to be like really interesting in the way that and this is not new to you know uh spider-man stories like the idea that like peter parker and by extension uh spider-man are like deeply naive and uh constantly uh overly trusting of other people like to you know the deferred institutional powers um like uh, allowing um you know horrible people to like continue to have second third fourth fifth chances like that is um in some ways cyclical to how comics are built because you can't kill characters uh, they have to come back but i do think it is consistent with peter parker and spider-man's sort of approach to the world is like always deferring on the side of um less censure as much as like i, I added this line after uh, you finished editing my review, because I was trying to sort of like sharpen this, was like it's like a very Obama era pragmatic like oh, good faith 100%. politics. Like yes. Peter Parker is in reminds me a lot of both myself in the Obama era and my belief in like Obama's approach to politics and how Obama practiced his politics, where uh, it was always assuming the other Great side uniter, is in some yeah. way acting in good faith, but then constantly being undermined by people who act in bad faith and take advantage of that. And that is Peter Parker, like. To a T, and it's especially like the way different things play out in this story. Um, the way th- there's all sorts of like interesting fallout and consequences. Like, I think the story is, uh, I don't want to like be hyperbolic, but it is. I think it makes some bold storytelling choices that I did not expect um, right. for largely relative for a game like this. Um, and yeah, I think it like it really riff- riffs on Peter Parker's sort of like core ideology and shows consequences for those actions because often his sort of belief in the good of people turns into a kind of hubris that um, actually puts the people around him in the city. He's like, quote unquote, loves and protects like in danger constantly when if he 
you know, made different decisions, there could potentially be different outcomes. Totally. Well, and I think like even even beyond that, with Spider-Man, one of the things, obviously, editing your review made me think a lot about the Arkham games again, um, and thinking about the way in which. Batman solves problems. And obviously Batman has his own fair share of both rogues and also allies in his corner, so it's not like he never is contending with other people. But so often a problem comes up and the revelation is that Batman always had a backup plan on the bat plane. If only I can go now to climb this building to connect <laughs> right. to the bat plane and get my anti-concrete gun or whatever the fuck it was. You know what I mean? Like right. that is the solution. And in fact, with Bruce Wayne in general, the solution is I'm Bruce Wayne. I have infinite money and can can provide for myself. And Spider-Man can't be that. Like, Peter Parker is a broke research assistant. I've been a research assistant. Research assistants don't get paid much. I don't know how he's living anywhere in Manhattan at all. <laughs> Even in the, the kind of, uh, the kind of, you know, uh, uh, garbage studio apartment, I guess he has. Um, but I, but at the same time, the, the other side of, so it's one side, right? Is like Spider-Man as, Average Joe, right? Spider-Man as someone who makes as much money as, as you do, player who bought this for 60 bucks. Like, I don't think, so. I don't know that Peter Parker could afford to buy the game Spider-Man in this game. He does Certainly not, not on a PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah, he's not playing Certainly 4K. Not. He got a, he got a, he's he probably a watching a YouTube stream of it, honestly. He's definitely watching a YouTube stream on a phone with a cracked, cracked, uh, <laughs> screen, you know? Um, and, and I think that's really cool. On the other hand, I do think that like the, because it's just a video game as video game, you know, you go your gadgets menu and you upgrade your gadgets because you have three crime tokens or whatever. Right. I, 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 you know, again, I don't want Spider-Man cart life necessarily, but I would love, would have loved the, the gen, did you ever play the Genesis game Spider-Man versus the Kingpin? Yes. Uh, uh, in there's a little men, there's a little uh, mechanic in that, which is that it costs you money to get web fluid, and the way you make money is by taking photos during missions. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying I want that specific menu here, but like or, or mechanic here, but there was something about that that even as a little kid I was like, man, that's really cool. Like Spider-Man's broke. Like Spider-Man has to pay for web fluid. He doesn't just get infinite web fluid for free. And there were ways that maybe you could you could have um, they could have added that side of Sp- Peter Parker as just a broke 20 something right to the game's mechanics that would have helped instead of it, the the mechanic side is just like a flat linear power growth you know like you just get better and better and better i'm in there's, the mid game no now customization just, you're not building like a no. like my version of uh spider-man by the end of the game if you're you're gonna get all these in a meaningful amount of the side stuff you're gonna yeah. yeah you're gonna have like the vast majority of things you're gonna be able to get Three-fourths and don't get me wrong, the, like, the, the suits skins. are cool, getting different skins yeah, are cool, sure. getting different, the suit powers are neat. Uh, like you, I, I'm not finding that I need to engage with most of them, I've kind of picked a handful that I like, and that's kind of all I, I need. I switch it mostly because I'm like, oh, I I guess there's two new ones, like, I'll just I'll try, try one of these for a different. while. I put on, like, the Scarlet Spider suit for a while when... Is that the one that has, like, the four, uh, like, arms that come out of it? No, I've not got that one yet. Scarlet, oh, okay. Spider, Scar- Scarlet Spider was a different character that was in... There's a clone. It's a whole thing in the comics. Uh-huh. But I've always... I'm a, such a child of the 90s because I still think the Scarlet Spider outfit looks dope. It's the one that has, like, a sleeveless hoodie. It's like a blue sleeveless oh, hoodie. Oh, that one. Yeah, I yeah. did that one for, like, two hours. Yeah, that's so why I put it on last night because I was like, oh, I, you know, Spider-Man's having trouble making rent. Maybe he just has his old hoodie that he put on <laughs> over a red bodysuit. Um, you know, trying to make, make reasons for things. You know who, who I am. Uh, but, but I guess the other, the other side of that is the other thing about, about the kind of political nature of the game that, that you just kind of touched on is that sometimes you can look at, a, you know, there's a kind of a popular, it's not a meme in the comedy sense, but it's an, it's a meme in terms of like information that gets passed down and around over and over again of like, Ugh, Batman is a character who is a billionaire who, who fights mentally ill, who, who beats up the mentally ill and, uh, because they, they challenge the status quo, right? Like that is like a popular quick reading of Batman, which kind of elides a lot of stories that are more than that in Batman's history, but also has one of those sorts of like, ooh, yeah, that's kind of true, isn't it? He's kind of a billionaire who could be investing in local infrastructure and in many <laughs> stories chooses not to. And again, right. there are stories in which he does that. I want to be 100% clear that it's a reduction of what the, the vast array it's of just, Spider-Man yeah, it's, it's of the, Batman like, comics are. foundational, like, sort of base to the character as opposed right. to every and, interpretation of the and character. And the most important, and the most, sorry, no, no, not the most important, the most visible uh, elements of those of Batman as a character, the films, the cartoon, and uh, the games, you know, 
the majority of people are getting Batman through some secondary source, not just through the comics directly, probably haven't encountered that other type of, of Batman story. So it's super interesting to me to see this version of Spider of a Spider-Man story, of a superhero story, in which superheroes are constantly uh, getting into trouble and nearly because of the things you just said, like the trust in, in the ability for bad people to do good things or to come back around, putting other people at risk, but also just relying on the city for things, relying on sanitation department, like working with a local cop instead of just taking it all into your own hands. Um, and there's like double, there's kind of like a, a double bind there. Cause on one hand, I think it's great that Spider-Man isn't just like as, as someone with great power, I've self elected myself to fight people and decide what's good and what's bad. Um, on the other hand, he is so corny sometimes, Patrick. Like, mm-hmm. his love of the police chief, his hatred of drug dealers in this mm-hmm. very dare way is, like, he's, like, straight up says, like, my, my favorite thing in the world is putting drug dealers behind bars or something like that. And it's like, all right, yeah, but you know that this is, like, a racialized crime that has, like, there's different, you know, hmm, hmm, Spider-Man, you're smarter than this. I guess you went through the STEM program. I guess that's, mm, but like, there's yeah, definitely there, there been, like, there such a, a little, man like, of the establishment, you know? Yes, and I, th- I think that's, you know, part of what the, you know, uh, the game plays into a lot, but also it could be a little more self-aware of that, yes. right? Like, I don't, like, even if I, uh, you know, my criticism of Peter Parker's approach to dealing with supervillains and, like, you know, deferring to the, the good side of everybody over and over is a problem, like, he's still probably smart enough to like recognize like the racial <laughs> yes. injustice and like <laughs> and like the crime system and it seemed the kind of thing where the game didn't have to like you know get hand you know like uh, you know preachy about it but no, there could have been no, no, ways no. that it made the character aware of that especially because when he's go- you know I one thing I will say is like this is not a like uh, homogenous white New York right no, like you 100%. go around in the crowd you like the characters you interact with like there are major a wide spread, people, like, people of color like yes. super important characters from the, the the jump of this game are are characters of color yeah um so it does seem like okay like enough thoughtfulness was like okay to to manage that but then could have been a little bit uh and you know I think that's part of the that's sort of the danger you get into and it's like hey we're gonna try and tell a more serious, grounded right. story that's going to deal with... It's not just going to be Peter Parker fighting, you know, the fucking Scorpion Electro or the Kingpin, or like, right? Like, right, it's not right. It's not just going to be the high-end, high-concept, like, uh, a part of this character. Like, we're going to, like, talk about everyday New Yorkers. And like, yep. All right, well, you've opened that door. The, the door is open. And it's like, even, even if I could have criticized you for not, like, walking it further in the original version, at least I can be like, well, it's not even trying to do that, and so, <laughs> right. Uh, right. like, I can kind of hand wave it away, but in, like, in this version of the story, it's like, well, all right, no, it's clearly if you're gonna important. do this, then you've got to, there's a little more follow-through on this, or at least you open yourself up, at the very least, yeah. to critique for, like, being a little too uh, cute about, or, or the, the character's cuteness runs into contrast with, like, the seriousness with which you're taking other elements of, of the story and the... Uh, presentation of characters and the setting and, and right. things like that. Can I ask a very basic question, which is yes. like Homecoming, uh, starting around Homecoming, the film that came out last year, two years ago now, yeah. um, uh, set a, a very young and very naive, but, but still very uh, ex- excitable Peter Parker um, and set a world that felt unique because of its position in the MCU, right? Like, this is a in that film, for instance, Vulture has the abilities that Vulture has because of the um, the fight from Avengers One. Right, right. Avengers One happens. Uh, it's a great opening sequence in which in which Michael Keaton's character gets kind of put out of work because of the rise of kind of super heroic and super villainous technologies that require a very specific sort of. Um, handling from contractors. And so it, suddenly it's like, well, we're going to use this group called Damage Control that's approved by Stark to deal with all of the supervillain shit. Um, uh, and so, you know, the Vulture decides, like, fuck that. I, we can use this stuff to make money. Uh, and it's great. And there's little touches of that here or there. Like, there's clearly the Marvel world is here. You can find Doctor Strange's Sanctum Centorum and as you, you mentioned, I don't know if that was to me or to this in the review, you know, Spider-Man will say, ah, something seems a little strange here. You can find Avengers Tower. You can find, um, you know, the... There, there the, are characters who will make a reference, like, oh, I fought the Avengers. Yes. Um, things like that. They're, um, I'm trying to think what else. 
Uh, I don't want to like spoil specific moments, but like no. it's 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 strange because it like uh, it nods that there are other things out there without actually engaging with it. Like it, it's like a weird middle ground where it's like, all right, look, if you're not well, Fireman's not going to show up at the end, that's fine. But it's like a little strange that he's existing on his own and like wouldn't call in for like like there's it's like he doesn't exist in a world where like people haven't noticed what he's up to at this point. Right. Like I mean, some of my favorite Marvel stuff ever is. When one of these characters shows up in another comic book as just like a bit player, like, and again, maybe this does happen here or there. Like, I don't, it, I, I truly don't know. But like, there's a moment in, there's a moment in Daredevil where, in a Daredevil comic where Spider Man shows up to be like, yo, you need to chill. Uh, and it's a great little conversation and it, it helps make those worlds feel bigger. Here, it, it feels so strange that, that all of those other characters are absent. But also, I, I, it struck me as not quite being the same world as Homecoming. And I don't know what the licensing is on that stuff. I guess Sony still it makes the Spider-Man movies, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 this is they've already said like uh, outright that this is like not connected. Its own connect- world. Yeah, it's its own. It's, they're not outright calling it like an MGU or anything like that because the next sure. major game will be published as a multi-platform game from Square Enix. It will probably have like absolutely nothing to do. Right. Um, with this game, I don't know if that necessarily like prevents them from in the future, like you know, incorporating other characters but it wouldn't surprise me if marvel wants to like dole out their characters to premiere developers and they all kind of do their own their own subversions Um, but still well it's like one of the things that's like as the mcu becomes one big thing in a weird way it makes it possible to kind of do it halfway and have it still sort of make sense you know because you can have the avengers tower even if you don't need to actually put Iron Man in the game because somebody else has the Iron Man license, you know, or whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I'm – I guess my deeper question here is like coming from that movie and coming from Tom Holland's performance, what do you just think of this Peter Parker and this version of Spider-Man? I liked it quite a bit and I, I wasn't sure – because I really like Tom Holland's interpretation. I mean partially because he acts as like a really – he's I think his acting is like – really well done um for for that character like he's just very charming and acts as a really good audience surrogate um, right. that's like it's helped along because he's an audience surrogate right so he can the, the naivete of the character is uh you have some distance from it because he's just learning how to be spider-man he's learning how to be this new version of himself and so i actually think that like the acting like m- like more like sort of across the board in the game is like pretty well done i think like specifically peter parker is good and like specifically um uh like Otto octavius like his like sort of new mentor um that who's uh, that i'm not familiar with uh, yeah i don't know some character in the sorry yeah that's yeah it says Mm. here on my sheet we're not allowed to say anything about Otto octavius so uh yeah he's a character Uh, um but like the the, you know the (laughs) the interaction between the two of them is uh I, i think like really it's not only is it good writing, but, like, it's, like, pretty decent performances. Yeah, um, it's, it's I, nice I, like, to have him have – I mean, in the year that's had God of War, another game about father-son relationships, like, Otto as a surrogate, surrogate dad, dad yeah. yeah, is really, really good. Um, there's a pride there that pops up from time to time in Peter's work and Peter's skill and a flexibility, a sort of, like, yeah, he's late for work again, but I'm sure it's for something important. Like, that, that really resonated with me. Yeah, I, I think generally the relationships uh, sort of uh, across the board are uh, are really well done. Like especially for a studio that hasn't done, a, you know, any. I mean, the Ratchet and Clank games have uh, underrated writing. Like they were like pretty funny ass games um, that mm-hmm. kind of got overlooked because they had, you know, it was a a platformer. So you're not really looking for for that stuff most of the time. But the the writing in those games was pretty sharp. Um, but this is sort of especially for the studio. Uh, like, you know, they've, they've really stepped up their game in a way that I was uh, both surprised by relative to the past things they've worked on. And I just think it's a, like, I think it's a legitimate, like, a legitimately, like, touching good story with a nice arc to it, um, both for what you expect from a comic book game and also just as, like, a piece of storytelling. Um, and I think one of the things I touched in my review is that they are well aware of sort of genre expectations and partially probably rooted in our low expectations for the kind of stories in these types of games. And they do some really like fun sort of head fakes for players right. where it's like, ah, I know where the story is going to go. And then it does something different in a way that if you are aware of the tropes and a lot of the like storytelling that's happened in Spider-Man in the past, you'll kind of chuckle because like it's winking at you um, while also sort of pushing the story forward in a, in a slightly different 
uh, right, being a little direction. more clever than even you might you might think. There's definitely a it's, lot it's of clever like, without, I know what it's this not, is. It's not actually winking at you. It's right. just winking through the storytelling. Um, I mean, I guess there's one moment where it really does kind of do that, but I don't. It didn't feel uh, over the top. Like it, it did. It, it felt um, like it was accomplishing both uh, at the same at the same time. Totally. All right. I think maybe on that note, it's a. Is, do you have anything else you want to you want to add about Spider Man besides people should go read your review over on the website? Well, yeah, I guess no, you just I heard think... it, so maybe they've already they've already yeah. heard what you um, think. It's good. I, yeah, I'm surprised how much uh, I liked it. Um, and I'm I'm. It was as I mentioned at the end of the review. I uh, it's as much as I'm interested to see what they do with this foundation in the future, um, with uh, sort of like the open world and like the weaker elements of the game. I'm also just genuinely interested in the fallout of the storytelling decisions that um, they made because it. Um, in in some ways sets up like some dynamics that will could feel pretty different for right. um uh Spider-Man games in the past. So it's like if they're being that interesting this early given that they're, you know, you everything's a trilogy these days. Um sure is. you know, that makes me uh, excited for the future and I guess I would like offhandedly mention if if it, all you do is listen to this is like I guess it's mentioned in my review but like, you know, like Miles is a character in this. Don't yep. don't uh assume too much. I, I think I explained to someone on Twitter. I was like, "There's more than you think, and less than you want." Than you um, hope. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one scene with him, and it was uh, actually a couple scenes, I guess, actually, and I really enjoyed them. I took screenshots because of how good I think his his facial expressions are, and yeah. communicating a lot about how he feels on the given the given um, moment. Um, uh, I'm happy to see more of him. I'm, you know, obviously, I I am someone who wants to see Miles uh, get more uh, more screen time. He um, has a he has a uh, a particularly one of my favorite exchanges. And I couldn't get into it because it was it would be too spoilery to explain yes. what happened. But he has a particularly good exchange with um, a character. I think uh, I know the exact point. sequence you're talking about. And it's yeah, so which just really pushes good. back on yep. some bullshit. Like so, when, yep. what I was saying before about I literally um, have screenshots of that sequence. Yeah, not even because of the words, because yep. his facial his his mm-hmm. delivery on the lines mm-hmm. are like a oh, word. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You want to tell me some shit? All right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's so good. So sh- so much shade. I love it so much. It's so much um, shade, and it's it, it, it harkens back to uh, what I was saying before about um, again, like the game not being like capital P political, but like right. being well aware yes. of the tropes of Spider-Man's ideology and yeah. like pushing back on that in what I thought were like really smart ways and and occasionally like really profoundly emotional ways. And uh, yes, I. At this point, yes, the the scene that both of us are alluding to, like, yeah. was one of those like oh shit moments where it was yeah. like the writers are being very smart, aware, and like keying in on things where it's like oh okay, like not only are they telling a Spider Man story, like they're aware that they're telling a Spider Man story, yeah. and they're aware that a lot of Spider Man stories have been told. Um, and yeah, that's a that's a really satisfying moment in the game, and in, in a game that has, um, I think, a, at least a handful of those that are that are kind of just as powerful. So. My only last two thoughts. One, um, I like this game a lot. I would like it a lot more if I didn't live in New York City. I think it does yeah, a I've really that sense. <laughs> good job. It does a good job of the the thing that happens sometimes when playing games that take place in cities I've lived in, uh, like New York or L.A., is mm-hmm. that like you'll catch something out of your eye and give you it'll give you the sense of like pushing you out of your own brain because you're like well where am i wait a second am i at am i at like where the place i used to work because like one of my first new york jobs the building that it's in is just straight up in this game uh or like you know parks i've been to or you know city hall like there are moments when you're like swinging and something catches you at the corner of your eye and you're like whoa that's that place but the actual layout of the city has a you know i understand you have to mesh it you have to or you have to like mold it a little bit you have to like move it around until it's something that makes sense and is a fun playground i think it's a great playground but they put like times square to the east of of madison square garden it's to the north of madison square garden <laughs> like and it's close enough that you maybe only put it a block or two north in the game versus in real life where it's like you know eight blocks to the north but they put it to the east by a couple of blocks and it's the most confusing thing in the world it doesn't it just ah sometimes i i want to i as being someone in new york feel like oh yeah okay something's hat popping off up at times square i know how to get there real quick boom i just go and no that's not how you go there in the game it doesn't make any sense patrick it doesn't make any sense i'm sorry Last thing I'll say about this game is I found my favorite fake tweet from it. 
which is uh, Randall underscore E on on whatever the fake Twitter is called, says, get real, NYC. Spider-Man is just another tool of corporate oppression. And then Jesse36 says, responds twice in a row. First, but Spider-Man helped take down Fisk, one of the ultimate corrupt uh, corrupt corporate leaders. And then follows up again by saying, lol, he blocked me. <laughs> which is... <laughs> The most online response from Jesse36. Lol, he blocked oh, me. Good. Thank you for knowing how Twitter works. That's great. Um, all right, I think it's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll be back with another regular episode on Friday. I'm not sure what the topic will be yet. Danielle is out on a, on a well-earned uh, break uh, day. And if you haven't heard it yet, you should check our feed to listen to our PAX West uh, episode of Waypoint Radio. That was a really good episode, so make sure to go back and listen to that one. Also... Uh, as always, you can follow everything we do, twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice, waypoint.vice.com. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Patrick? You can find me at Patrick Kloppik. All right. Again, we'll be back on Friday with more. Thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at uh, waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. And as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts about Spider-Man. So send those, put those over on discourse.zone, our forums, where you can reply to Patrick's review and presumably talk about the game as it comes out. When is it actually out? Thursday. Thursday. Weird, weird day to release a game. So, uh, so check it, check for it then. We'll do a stream probably, uh, on Thursday to show off some stuff. That seems like a thing we'll, we'll do. That seems like us. So look forward to that. Until then, peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.